North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's getting $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, hello. Welcome back, everybody, to Dr. Low Radio, where I bring you the very best in natural medicine. It's been a bit of a break. I know it's been a couple months, actually, so I've been off the grid a little bit, but I'm excited to be back. I'm really, really excited for the next many shows we have in store for you over the next few months. I've been actually booked out until August. I'm super excited. Not going to take any breaks anytime soon. So thanks again for your patience and for tuning in once again. Um, I think I announced this on previous shows. I recently joined a new practice at Bloom Natural Health. And uh, in Encinitas, same area where I was working before, and it's been madness. It's been really, really fun, though. Um, I'm heading up their IV department with um, doing IV vitamins and minerals, and it'll definitely tie into um, our topic for tonight. So, um, But it's all about really promoting health rather than treating disease, and that's the model that I really believe in, and that's the type of guests I bring on the show. Um, and our guests tonight are fabulous. I'll introduce them in just a second. I just got back from the Caribbean on the Low Carb Cruise with Jimmy Moore from the show, the Live in La Vida Low Carb Show. Um, had a really great time, got a really awesome tan, and then it went away, and then, you know, Got a spray tan after that, <laughs> so I'm pretending I have a tan. Uh, but I met this lovely couple on the show and or on the the cruise, I should say, and I was just really impressed with their energy, with the things they were talking about, and their philosophy. And I knew I had to have them on the show, and that's why I'm bringing on the Caltons on the show tonight. So I'm going to read their bio in just a second, but just mark your calendars for the next couple of shows. Uh, next week, like I said, it's going to be weekly again. So next week, I got Chris Master John coming on. He is the go-to man for all things cholesterol. So I'm really, really excited to have him on to really dispel any kind of myths about cholesterol. I still get it. Even patients come in, they're on their statins, or they're really worried about you know certain values of their cholesterol being off. They think they're going to die of a heart attack, and there's just so much fear around cholesterol. And it's just oftentimes it really is really based in false research. It's not always true. And so I want to be able to have this expert come on the show and, and, and talk about some of those myths. So you can already submit some of your questions to the Facebook and Twitter page, and I'll make sure to ask those on the show. And also for tonight, too, if you have any questions, you want to call in, the number is 818-495-6919. That's 818-495-6919. I always try to look at my Facebook and Twitter, but of course, the uh, priority goes to callers because you have the guts to call in. Uh, also, check out my Twitter, twitter.com slash Noel, and then facebook.com slash Noel. Uh, the show after next week, so on June 5th, also on Tuesday, will be highlighting fibromyalgia. I've had a lot of requests to have this topic on the show. I'm interviewing Dr. Alex Vasquez again. He is a chiropractor, a naturopathic doctor, and an osteopathic doctor, so he's definitely an overachiever, and he's going to be um, on the show to talk all about fibromyalgia and just how natural medicine can really benefit this condition and, and really getting to the root cause, like what, what this disease really is. So anybody you know that's affected by that disease, it's very, very common. Spread the word and let them know that's going to be on June 5th. So on to the show for tonight. The Caltons, they are the authors of this fabulous book, Naked Nutrition, or excuse me, Naked Calories. I've read about half of it. I actually stayed up super late last night 
long story, but I, I read through about half of it. I love this book, and um, I, I recommend it to anybody to read this. It's really, really important information. Um, the Caltons are among the world's leading experts on the topics of weight management, lifestyle medicine, and micronutrient deficiency. Their highest success rate working with adults and children to achieve sustainable weight loss and reverse health disease conditions have made their consult. Cons- consultancy, highly sought after by celebrities, athletes, and top corporate executives around the world. Don't you love live radio? I love that. Um, It's their belief that becoming micronutrient sufficient is the first step towards preventing and reversing many of today's most prevalent health conditions and diseases. So Jason Calton, so Dr. Jason Calton, he has a master's and a PhD in nutrition, and he's been lead author of several scientific papers and peer-reviewed journals. And Mira Calton, like Mira Mira on the wall, she told me, that's how you pronounce it. She's a licensed certified nutritionist and has her own personal story as to why she's so passionate about health. So I'm very excited to have them on the show. So Calton's, welcome to Dr. Low Radio. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us today. Yeah, it's great. Do you guys still have your tan from your cruise? No, I don't think so. Fading fast. I mean, we're here in Florida, so we have sunshine a lot of time, and we do try to get out there and get our vitamin D every day. We walk the dog, get a little natural, you know, natural sunlight. But yeah, definitely not the way the photos look. <laughs> Man, Mira, you were looking like Jamaican. You had like this beautiful golden brown. I was, I was impressed. I've never been that tan in my life, but looking good. Yeah, it girl. takes me very, very little time. I'm uh, half Italian and half Russian and really it takes me like two days in the sun to become like that. I actually have to get out of the sun after a while so that I don't just, you know, get way off way off shade for television <laughs> for television. So You're a lucky girl. Very, very lucky. So how is it down there in Florida today? It's great, you know. Uh eighty degrees, sunny and uh well we could use some rain, but other than that <laughs> It's nice. People, We're having a small drought. That's the reason I say that. Are you? I was going to say. Yeah. The, la- the lake in the back of our, we used to have a lovely lake in the back of our house, and it has now become a um, crispy desert, and there are no birds and there are no fish, and we live in an Audubon society, so we're very used to having nature around, and we're wondering where the um, alligators that used to live in the back lake are, because <laughs> they're not in there anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, be careful what you ask for. You don't want a crazy monsoon happening, you know, things can be. True, that's true. <laughs> so, Mira, it's it's so um, interesting, though, how oftentimes the things that we decide to specialize in to really pursue as our life path is something that we've dealt with with ourselves. So I know for myself, my favorite thing to talk about is digestive disorders with patients because I had my own stuff, you know, years ago and I feel like I've really lived it. I'm able to take my story and really help people. And I, I sympathize, you know, with, with the, the suffering that they go through. And I know you've had your own story. So if you could just tell some of our listeners about how that's been for you and why you guys have chosen this, this path. Well, uh, that's great. Um, it all started when I was 30, lived in New York City, and I was a publicist, and I liked my life, and I was going to all the parties, and I had fabulous clothes that they were being given to me, and everything seemed really great, except for the fact that my back started to really bother me. And it just, at first it was like an agging you know, pain that we all get. I mean, everyone thinks it's, you know, there are too many days in stilettos, or you know, maybe mm-hmm. they just didn't sleep well that night, and I was tired, and I was achy, and it just got worse, and Eventually, it got to the point where I really could not walk any longer. I just couldn't do my job. I couldn't see my clients. And um, I knew at that point that I had to finally see my physician. And like so many people, I think we just put off these things thinking that it's nothing. And by the time I'd gotten to see my physician, it had been almost a year, and um, I sat down and he did a DEXA scan for bone density, and Mm -hmm. I found out that I had advanced osteoporosis. 
So at that point, he diagnosed me with the bone density of an 80-year-old woman and told me that I was going to have a life on medications, prescription medications, and that I would um, not get much better and that I should just uh, basically succumb to this lifestyle. And mm. at that point, I started, um, well, I didn't want to do any of that. Of course, I hit rock bottom at one point and just, like, you know, cried like everyone would and thought, what am I going to do and pitied myself. And luckily, my sister said, come down here, live with me in Florida and do some research. And we started looking into this. And um, I slowly just, I was getting more sleep. I, you know, I had to sell my company. I decided not to get on the medications. And mm. um, slowly over time, I started to feel a little bit better. Uh, make a long story short, luckily I met Jason, who had already been working with his clients for over a decade. And while he used to work mostly with macronutrient ratios with these fats, proteins, and carbohydrates that everyone's always talking about, with yeah. my disease, it was really very different. We had to focus on the micronutrients or the vitamins, minerals, and essential fats. And what we found was that I had been living a lifestyle that didn't um, supply me with enough through my food. I wasn't eating a proper diet, which is the first place where you should always try to get your micronutrients in. And then my lifestyle habits were further depleting me. And through two years of studying this and doing a lot of um, supplementation, a lot of change with my diet and uh, reducing those lifestyle habits, after two years, uh, Jason and I went to see the doctor and I got a DEXA scan, and we had completely reversed it. That's nuts. I know. So, I mean, you know what it's like when you don't have those digestive problems anymore. You feel like, you know, screaming and off the rooftop. You know, you have to yeah. tell everyone that if you can get rid of these problems. Yeah. And we just started to, we, it was our, you know, now it's my passion. I want people to know that it's not just osteoporosis that has its base in these micronutrient deficiencies. We've studied all of these different diseases, and it's our belief that many, if not most of them, all have a basis of micronutrient deficiency, and it's extremely widespread and prevalent, and we went around the world studying this, and then we wrote Naked Calories about it. Wow. I have so many questions for you. I want to be like, so what did they find and what treatment did you do and what nutrients were you deficient in? And all, I, mean, just, I want to pick your brain about it, but um, no, what was, was like the essence of it? You, you know, know, I was deficient in almost everything. I mean, I was yeah. doing everything wrong. Um, they had basically told me the doctors really were not so helpful in this whole thing because I was going Western medicine at that point. And they said, you know, take some calcium. And um, they told me, I think, vitamin D. I was like, well, that's, you know, quickly upon doing some Internet research, you realize that's not all the, all the micronutrients that you need for bone density. Right. But, um, you know, one big thing which your female listeners should know is, you know, a lot of women lose bone density because they go on um, birth control pills. Mm -hmm. And that's one of those things that really, really depletes your micronutrients. Again, diet. I mean, I was doing things like having a spinach salad every single day for lunch, which is filled with oxalic acid. Mm -hmm. um, which further depletes your calcium levels. So, you know, I was doing it just about everything wrong as far as, as far as what we ended up learning. I had to pretty much relearn what type of exercise to do rather than doing cardio 24-7. I had to lift weights. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all those little bits and pieces. Then there's not one thing that really ruins the whole pot. And really it's, you know, all the accumulation of tons of different bad habits that really brought on this major depletion. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I saw, actually, I, I remember seeing a patient with, that had been on birth control, and this was actually when I was still in medical school. I was a student in the clinic and treating her, and um, she was a fellow student. We always practiced on each other. You know, we knew enough to be dangerous, really. And <laughs> So I was practicing on this on this other um, classmate of mine, but she had, like, 
almost full bone osteoporosis and she was 25 and it and it turned out she had been on birth control for about 10 years and that's what we had you know attributed it to and of course she had probably you know more of a predisposition genetically but 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 really i mean so much comes down to our lifestyle so yeah absolutely that's a great that's like one of the first things to look at is that is that folic acid and being deficient when you know through the birth control because it really depletes that b9 Mm mm-hmm yeah Wow, that's a trip. So you reversed this in a couple of years, and you became passionate about it, and now you've written this book. So tell us about your book. Well, I'll let Dr. Carlton take a minute over there. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you know, Naked Calories was, is really our first um, – it's our first book of five that, that we've decided to kind of put out and try to – you know, everybody complains about we in America don't seem to get it with nutrition and that we need a re-education. But, you know, everybody, whenever they write a book, they just put out another book about, you know, a diet, another diet to follow to lose weight. And and I don't think we're necessarily doing the American public a, a service by just talking about that weight loss aspect all of the time. I think what we need to do, at least Mira and I believe, that we need to take a step back and really start the education process in the science of nutrition, but but to do it in a, in a way where people can understand it and it's easy to assimilate and it's easy to understand. But we have to get the words, you know, vitamins, minerals, uh, essential fatty acids, you know, the the whole all of those things that kind of come under the umbrella of the micronutrients in in the average American's vocabulary. When we first went to our publishers and we told them we wanted to write a book about micronutrient deficiency in America, they, I mean, you could have, should have seen their faces. They were like, are you kidding me? They, they, wouldn't, they didn't even want to entertain the idea of even mentioning the word micronutrients. Yeah. Um, they, they just thought that the American public would have no ability to be able to understand it. It would just be too complicated. They themselves, you know, stumbled over the words. And we, were, we, we thought to ourselves, you know, if we can't get this education to the, to the people, if we can't get this basis of knowledge out there, then how are we ever really going to fu- build a foundation of what we call optimal health? You know, mm-hmm. we don't want to just have people trading either their pant sizes for another disease in this country. That's not what we need. So that's why we started with Naked Calories. And the idea of Naked Calories really is that food has two basic components. You know, it has its calories, which we're all aware of. Like Mira said, those come from the fats, proteins, and the carbohydrates in foods. And if we eat too many calories, I think we all pretty much know, uh, for the most part, that we're going to gain weight if we do that. But what a lot of people don't know about food is it has another part, a a, a part that's just as important, and those are the micronutrients. And that's why we named the book Naked Calories. That's because we believe that those vitamins, minerals, and essential fatty acids have been and are being stripped from our foods through a variety of different means. And so that's that's really what the, the book means. I mean, naked Calories is that the foods we're taking in today just aren't supplying enough of those essential micronutrients to really maintain health anymore. Mm-hmm, to really promote health. And, I, and I've always seen nutrition as, like, uh, food as medicine. That's what got me into this whole field of naturopathic medicine. I said I wanted to really use something that uses food as medicine, and it's so true, and that's why I love your book, is that it's, that's what exactly your philosophy, promoting your health. Right. I mean, yeah. we are huge food first people and we believe that we be, absolutely we not only do we believe it but we we've, we've seen it and that's one of the things that I'm that I'm sure you've read a little bit about already in Naked Calories is what we did with the Calton project um, mm-hmm. The Calton Project was a six-year, 100-country global expedition where Mira and I said to ourselves, you know, let's get out of the box a little bit. We're tired of reading these P 
peer-reviewed medical journals talking about supposedly what's going to help us become healthy in this country. And yet, you know, every single year our obesity rates are getting higher. Every single year our heart disease rates are getting higher. Diabetes is exploding. You know, we said the, the answers don't seem to be in these medical journals. Yet we know that there's cultures around the world, especially the remote cultures, that seem to be living in such a way that they're immune, if you will, to this diabetes, to this cancer, to this heart disease that seems to be so prevalent in in our modern societies. So we said, you know, let's go. Let's just get out. We were lucky enough to be able to be in a situation in our lives where we could do this. And we traveled to these remote, semi-remote, and urban areas. And we were able to kind of look at things from a completely different perspective. We were able to eat and sit with and observe people from vastly remote cultures um, and dietary preferences and lifestyle habits. And what we did is we tried to map out what we felt to be the most important things that were contributing to these people's health and ultimately what is are contributing to our um, ill health here in, in modern society. Mm-hmm. And, and you looked at, um, basically you went to places where it was remote, then you went to like kind of half, half remote, half modern, and then modern places, right? What, what were the things That's- that you discovered with those places? Well, the remote people were doing something that was really amazing. They were eating real food, <laughs> something that we yeah. know very little about in this country anymore. But they were, and they would go outside, and they would pick, an, uh, pick a piece of fruit, and they would eat the fruit. They would go fishing. They would fish something out, and they would eat the fish. And they were really healthy, and they had no idea what cancer was, what diabetes was. They had never heard of these words. And the men who were like 100 years old were so lean, still working in the fields, and no signs of illness. I mean, it was really pretty amazing to watch how these remote people who, who still had to walk great distances for work, they had habits that were promoting health. And then in the semi-remote areas, I almost find these the most sad areas because you can still see the glimpses of all that health, but you start to see something else creeping in, and it's modernization. And as you see the modernization creep in, you see people like us bringing them products that they shouldn't have. And you see them bringing in cookies and things in bags and bottles and boxes. And they get, you know, they're in awe of these things. They've never seen them. And as they start to eat them, slowly over a three-year period, we would start to see disease in these areas as well. And these people who, when we first met them three years ago in this tribe, were thin, three years later were fat. Really? And then now cancer was starting to creep up. It was really pretty amazing because we'd go and we'd return to these places. It was really amazing to see how quickly these things creeped into their lives. That is a trip. So you actually went back to those places and saw the effects of, of a Western lifestyle on them. That's really... What we crazy. wanted to do, we did this over a six-year period. So we went around the world three times and visited some of the, the, the key places three different times or multiple times for others because we really wanted to see the effect, the time. And we didn't have a time constraint on it. We didn't know if we were going to be six years or ten years or exactly how long we were going to do this. Ultimately, six years was enough to, to get our research um, and, and, we, and we just kind of felt a need to get back and really get a lot of this information out there. Um, 
by the time we got to the to the modern cities, the modern cities around the world, especially in India and China, China and in the Middle East, these areas are exploding population and they're becoming modern almost overnight. Same thing with you know, places like Vietnam and their commerce is coming up and their money is coming up. But the things that's also really rising is, I mean, I'm sure you've heard of the diabetes explosion that's happening both in China and, and in in India and. Yeah. It, a lot of that has to do with because these people are, I mean, you've got to realize that to them, their lives are improving greatly. I mean, all of a sudden, I mean, pe- people in Vietnam were, are, you know, typically surviving off $50 a year, you know, 10 years ago. And today, now, for the ones who are lucky enough to be able to get into the cities and get a job, I mean, they're making a lot of money, uh, thousands of dollars a year now. So. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, you know, comparatively, everything's looking good to them, and they're getting restaurants and convenience, and just like, you know, just like we did here in America in the 50s and the 60s when we started to see our boxed foods and our convenience foods and the idea of, you know, we thought Hamburger Helper was going to be the be-all, end-all. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and what's amazing is what we try to do, especially in those semi-remote areas, is the government is often starting to subsidize these people with food, ironically. So, you know, they'll, they'll ship them boxes of these processed cookies. Often it's cookies or drinks for the kids or for anybody who wants to eat them. And it looks good to, the, to these remote areas, to these tribes, because, you know, to them, they're like, wow, look what our government's giving us. They're giving us mm-hmm. this for free, and it's all good and well. But at the end of the day, we try to explain to them that these foods are ultimately going to equate to some, some kind of disease. But again, like Mira said, they don't really have that disease in their vocabulary. They don't know what a chronic lifestyle disease is because they really right. don't have it. I mean, they have death and they have, you know, malaria and they have, you know, wounds and they have animal bites and they have, you know, infection, but they don't have something that like diabetes that's going to have to be controlled with, you know, some kind of an insulin pen for the rest of their lives. Right. So they don't know what that's going to bring on. So we try to we try to encourage them not to do that and we try to encourage uh, sustainable farming for them mm-hmm. and that's farming, you know, grub farms, worm farms, uh trout farms as well as uh, you know, um regular, you know, um produce as well. Yeah. Do you, do you guys have uh like a farm near you that you eat from and like have gardens and all? I mean, what how did you how did this become implemented mm-hmm. into your life after you traveled the world and saw this? Did it change the way that you did things at home? Absolutely. I mean, the first thing we when we we left there going, oh my God, we got sort of slapped in the face with the fact that look what's healthy and look what's not. It became very apparent to us that the places that were still eating fresh food were healthy, and the places that weren't were becoming micronutrient deficient and were becoming sick. Uh, here, we I mean, we're very lucky in Sarasota in that we have fantastic farmers that we work with. Um, we have, you know, our farm that we go to for our pastured chickens and for our grass-fed beef. And all of these things are what we call rich foods. And we try to t- teach people how to eat rich food, micronutrient-rich food. Because not only is it filled with those micronutrients, but in general, it just tastes better. Because, you know, it's, it really, it's micronutrients. When it's packed with flavor, it's really packed with goodness. And what you're really saying is it's packed with things that are good for you, which are your micronutrients. So we're really lucky. We've got great resources here, and we try in our everyday life to teach people how to go and find those as well, how important it is and how it doesn't have to be more expensive. I mean, everyone seems to think it's more expensive to eat locally grown food or organic food, but in reality, going to the market on Saturdays, 
saves us a lot of money over the grocery store, especially if you're not going to buy that, you know, can of soda and that bag of chips. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can buy a lot of zucchini for, you know, three bags of potato chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So we for try sure. to tell people. Yeah, so it's just about eating real rich foods. I mean, you guys, you guys have great sources out there in California. Yeah, we do. We're pretty lucky out here. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> you're pretty well, People do call us from New York, and they say things like, you know, where can we go? And you know, luckily there's a lot of great CSAs starting, and we always try to put people in touch with other people that are doing the same thing. And hydroponics, we're starting to get really into hydroponics now, uh, doing hydroponic towers. Because I think that's something you can do in your own backyard that will supply you, you and your family, with enough fruit and vegetable with enough vegetables. And um, you know exactly what's going into it. You know how it's being. Fed what you know what pesticides hopefully none are being put on it and um, I think it is a really great wave of the future. Hmm, I gotta learn more about that. Um, I'm oh, curious. they're easy. They're on a plug and on a timer for water, and you don't have to do anything. <laughs> wow, hydroponic towers. Okay, all right. I'm gonna look into that. Maybe that's a future topic. <laughs> there you go. Oh, it's really really easy. <laughs> So I'm curious, I know that you guys talk about um, soil depletion, and that's a huge issue when it comes to micronutrient deficiency in in the world nowadays. And I'm just curious about the places you visited that were um, the remote areas where they were eating real food. Is that something that's even an issue for them, to have that micronutrient depleted soil? Not really. Um, You know, it may be starting now, and in in many of the remote areas, they are. We're starting to see, and, and it, because it's so remote, it's it's kind of weird. You're going down a street, and all of a sudden, just kind of off to the side, you'll see a sign that says, you know, um, X Y Z seeds available here, and you'll start to see the infiltration of some of these genetically modified seeds that they're trying to get um, to sell to some of these people who, who who are over there. But for the most part, no, because you got to remember these these groups and, and, and like we like all all human groups kind of uh over a period of time were much smaller groups maybe just you know uh, uh, up to maybe 100 or maybe just a couple hundred uh in in an area and so they don't they don't over farm and they don't over hunt and they don't overfish their areas their their soil is very very rich um, oftentimes volcanic soils, depending on the islands that they're on. And so for the, for the most part, absolutely not. They're rich soil, rich water, minerals, um, and not over-farmed. It's here in America where we start, in, in, and in Europe and in the developed areas, where we you know, take a field and say, okay, let's take this from, you know, I don't know, 50 bushels to 300 bushels, and we, you know, we genetically or even non-genetically modify our plants to grow faster and to grow, uh, and to grow more abundant uh, and closer together. And that's what really drives that, those minerals out of the soil. And then, of course, we mm-hmm. plant and replant and replant, and we don't wait and we don't let the land rest anymore. And so we kind of thrown out a lot of what farmers of the past knew about cultivating rich soil. And w- what we've done is we've kind of gone into this manic, uh, you know, production of, of food, a lot more food than, we, than we'd ever need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's really and still, the first place it starts. You're right. I mean, we talk about it in the book that it's soil depletion is really the first spot. Um, but then it, it's not just the soil depletion. For people who are buying American uh, produce, for the most part, and and then for those of us who are getting it. So if 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 if, if we're growing something here in Florida and we're shipping it to you in California, now you've got to think about the time that it takes to get food. Now remember, these remote tribes, 
not only was the soil you know rich, but then they'd catch something or they'd pick something and they'd eat it right there and then. And mm-hmm. to us, again, here in America, I, I, I challenge people sometimes to really use your mind and experiment a little bit with how just how disconnected we are from our food. Like, when was the last time you picked something and ate it? I mean, yeah. I, I, most people just look at you like, I, I, don't, I don't know, years, <laughs> I never, you know, I, I don't know, I don't, I haven't picked anything and eaten it, you know, basically I, I buy everything from the store, um, mm. or do you even know where your food comes from? I was just looking at, uh, it was uh, some nuts that we had purchased, and I was looking at the can, I said, you know, I don't even know where this comes from. I have no idea if this comes from America, Europe, South America, Canada, I don't know. Where yeah. We just are so disconnected. So that's another thing that we really have to remember. While we, we're food-first people and we believe in local food, that's really that reason. I want you to know where your food comes from. You know, when we go to our farm, we know where uh, we, we pet the cows that we get, we get our, our, our cream and our butter from. We see, uh, we see the pigs that, that eventually are going to become part of our meal. We can see the fields where... Um, our tomatoes and our cucumbers and everything come from, and we can see it, it, where they're picked from. I think that's mm-hmm. really, really important. You can't overestimate yeah. uh, the importance of eating food that have come from your local area because, as I said, for every mile and every minute your food is exposed to light, heat, and air, or oxygen in general, it's losing micronutrients. So mm-hmm. this is something we just don't think about. You know, we think, well, if it still looks ripe, it must be pretty good. But we haven't thought about the fact that maybe it's been in a truck for a week and then sitting in a grocery store box for a week and then maybe out in the grocery store for a few days. And then we stick it in a refrigerator for another week. And so this could be months old by the time we get it. And food just wasn't meant uh to, to, to be, to be yeah. transported like that. I mean, it's okay that we do it, but we, there are ramifications, and one of the big ramifications are micronutrient depletions. Mm-hmm. It's like we don't really realize what we've done until it's kind of too late. I mean, we have to really take it back to the basics again. It's, it's absolutely that. I mean, I think we've hit a tipping point here in America where most of us now have somebody in our family who is suffering from some kind of a chronic disease, whether that's overweight obesity or, like I said, diabetes or heart disease or cancer or osteoporosis or any of these chronic lifestyle diseases. And what we don't understand is, you know, we don't catch chronic lifestyle diseases. You don't catch these things. These aren't viral or bacteria. These are absolutely lifestyle diseases. And I know one of the big things that you believe in and we believe in as well is that if we can create and kind of get out of the way of our body and create a a good environment, our bodies can heal themselves. So we have to start to take responsibility for what we've done to ourselves, but then we don't just beat ourselves up about it. We're big believers in saying, okay, let's be proactive about this, and let's really look at steps that we can do to kind of, like you said, get back our health through a natural way. And so we have to kind kind of relearn what it is to to have that relationship with food and to understand just how powerful food really is and we can't un, we can't you know overstate that enough really we the, you know the food is so powerful that mm-hmm. if we if we treat it if we eat it correctly and we get enough of those micronutrients in we can we can create optimal health but if we don't if we continue to eat these processed fake foods you know, that, that have just infiltrated our society, we are absolutely going to cause, you know, health conditions and disease in our life. Mm-hmm. Very, very the well said. The other cool thing, 
the other cool thing about it is that it's one thing that like everyone can stand behind because as you know being in this industry you know People want to argue about the macronutrients. People want to, you know, the low-carb people want to fight with the low-fat people, and the paleos want to disagree, and everyone wants to do this, this infighting. And the one cool thing that we can say is regardless, regardless of what you believe in as your dietary profile, the one thing you cannot deny is that you need your essential vitamins and minerals, and that food quality is important to each and every one of these groups. Mm-hmm. So we've coined a phrase called a nutrivore, which is basically anyone who understands that regardless of their dietary profile, the most important reason that you're eating is to get micronutrient-rich foods into your body to promote your health. And um, it's actually been doing really, really well where I've actually gotten a lot of support from all the different um, dietary profiles. And uh, we're actually going to be doing, I think, a conference on the topic um, coming up in January, just on basically the topic of how we could all come together. Oh, I love that. I was just talking to a patient about it today. She came in. I was going to give her a shot, um, an intramuscular shot, not like an alcohol shot. She came in to get her shot, and she had her headphones in, and I said, what what podcast are you listening to today? Because she's addicted to all the podcasts, and I'm sure she'll be listening to this one at some point. And we were just talking about how there's so much bickering in the community about paleo or low-fat or low-carb or, you know, whatever. And it's just like there's too big of a fight for for this, we need to really come together and and promote real food and health promotion in this country, rather than just treating diseases left and right and bickering among ourselves. So I fully support that 100%. Well, because we have we spent all this energy on the bickering, and I think some of these companies really like us to be bickering because then we're not bickering with them. I mean, there's bigger fish out there than yelling at somebody else over their podcast and going back and forth. I mean, we really have a crisis here about what we're being served in here here in America in our stores and what the kids are getting at school. And for us, it's really about you know if we could all agree on the one thing that if we all voice and put our money where our mouths are and demand that we get better quality. I don't care if it's better quality fish because you're pescatarian, if it's a better quality vegetable and you're vegan, if it's, you know, better grass-fed beef because you're paleo or whatever the thing is. If we could all just come together and say, you know what, I'll support your better food. You support my better food. Let's all just ask for better quality food and production and more sustainable production. Um, I think, luckily, Sarasota, we live in a city that's actually really ready to hear this, and we happen to have a fish farm that's getting behind this movement and a lot of good uh, movement here in this area. So, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely keep you informed about that uh, about that uh, seminar coming up in, in January, too, the conference. Heck yeah, I'm totally on board. Um, for those of you who just tuned in, we're talking to Dr. Jason and Mira Calton, authors of Naked Calories. If you want to call in and ask a question, the number is 818-495-6919. I'm going to bring in a caller here who's been very, very patient. Caller from the 760, you are on Dr. Low Radio. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Kira, and I'm calling from San Diego. Hello, Kira. Welcome to the show. What's your question? So my question is, I know um, the authors have traveled around the world, and so I was just wondering, um, should different cultures or ethnicities get supplemented with different, you know, micronutrients, you know, in a different way? Like, should a Japanese person have different micronutrients compared to, like, an Icelandic person? No, that's a really good question. Um, and I don't know necessarily if I were – my 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 – Blanket answer to that is going to be no, but within ranges. 
Um, certainly there are cultures that are more likely to be, to have maybe food allergies or, for instance, the Japanese may not do very well with lactate because they don't really have that in their diet, and so they don't do okay. well with that. But not a micronutrient. So if we're really looking at, you know, the, the typical, you know, calcium and potassium and iron, and you, the answer is no. But here, here's what is true. We're, we all have something called biochemical individuality. And so within a basic spectrum, we all need um, or don't need these micronutrients on, on, on a certain level. So there could be as much as several times difference for, you know, my need uh, for one of these micronutrients as opposed to somebody else. And then you've got to think about the fact of gender and then just weight and or size. You know, so if you've got, you know, a woman at 105 pounds and a man at 405 pounds, um, those two people are going to be vastly different in how many of the micronutrients they need as far as quantity is concerned. But the, um, but the ones that they need, the fact that they need essential micronutrients does not differ. Everybody needs those essential micronutrients. So like what Mira was saying, if you're a, a vegan or a vegetarian or a paleo, male or female, you know, heavy or light, if you're deficient in what your body needs for calcium and boron and vitamin K and vitamin D and all those bone building micronutrients, you're going to eventually get, uh, get osteopenia or osteoporosis. It doesn't really matter, you know, what nationality you're from or what gender you are, what size you are. But, um, okay. but there is a spectrum for, for each individual. So the answer is yes and no, but we all need those essential micronutrients. Okay. And one more question. What do you think would be the top three foods that everyone should have, you know, that's fresh, that's local? Um, what, what would you say the top three are? Oh, goodness. The most micronutrient-dense things that fit into your dietary profile. You know, if you were, uh, you know, for me, what are some of my favorites? I, I love raw milk yogurt. Um, for me, it's got a great probiotic element to it. Um, now, if you were vegan, that probably wouldn't be your first choice. Um, but I don't know if we'd have three across the board that would fit into everybody's dietary profile. If you're low carb and I tell you that, you know, eating kale is fantastic, they're going to say, whoa, you know, I don't necessarily need that much carbohydrates. Or I love sweet potatoes, but they're not for everyone either. Um, I would actually say don't limit yourself to foods that you eat all the time. Try to get as many different diverse things in. Because if, if you could imagine, the micronutrients are only coming in through your foods. So the more different types of foods you get, the better chance you have of actually getting a full range of sufficiency in. Yeah. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks for your questions, Thank you. Kara. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Right. Take care. All right. Good questions about that individuality thing. So let's kind of get more into this medical side of things. Um, I know that you've talked about these micronutrients and how some of the deficiencies can lead to certain conditions. Can you get a little more specific and give us some examples of what that might look like? Well, I guess we, okay, the way we like to talk about it is like the house of optimal health. So when you start to get depleted of a specific micronutrient, you'll get, if it's just like once or twice, say you just, you know, didn't eat very well that day, we get, you get what we call a small hole in your house of optimal health. Your body is your house of optimal health. And if you miss a couple of the micronutrients in, for like a day, you get a small hole. You might not sleep well or you might get, you know, a little mark of white on one of your nails or brittle hair, whatever it is for you. But after a while, if you, con- if you continually have these deficiencies, you get what we call a larger hole in your, optimal, in your house of optimal health. And the longer you have that hole, the more serious or chronic the lifestyle condition is that you're going to get from it. 
Um, so also there's a, there's a theory called triage that we like to talk about in the book as well that we think is really amazing. A gentleman out of, uh, named Bruce N. Ames out of California has come up with this theory, triage, which we think is brilliant. And basically it talks about that your body's first – your body needs these essential micronutrients, and every essential micronutrient has its own function in your body. And the first thing your body is going to do is going to use those essential micronutrients to maintain the basic standards, what it needs just to keep, just to stay alive. Then you get the little, you know, the flowery things on top of it. And in your house, about to it might be new windows or a nicer roof line or, you know, a pool in the backyard. But the whole problem is that as your body is stripped of these micronutrients, you lose the bells and whistles and your body is just holding on to those primary functions that each micronutrient serves in your body. So when you, you know, it depends what the combination of the micronutrients that becomes deficient are. Um, if you get, you know, a high likelihood of one micronutrient deficiency with another one, it might be something in you, whereas the same micronutrient combination of micronutrient deficiencies in a different ratio might uh, become something else in somebody else's house, optimal health. So does that, does that make sense? That, that's what really makes kind of the study of micronutrients so difficult. Because like what Mira said, you've got all these essential micronutrients. So let's just kind of just throw basically, let's say, let's say there's 27 essential micronutrients. You can kind of imagine those in front of you, kind of like a graph. And for each person, those, that level of deficiency or sufficiency is going to look different. So it almost looks like a different code if you really were to look at it kind of over a spectrum. And so, and then again, and then again, each person needs a different amount of these micronutrients in order for their body to run at an optimal state. It isn't, it isn't like everybody needs 1,000 milligrams of calcium. Just, that just doesn't work that way. And because some people might need 1,800 and some people might need 800, and, 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 and then there's this whole other spectrum of, of how they interact with each other. And almost the ballet that they create together in this dance between these competitions and these synergies. So, you know, somebody might be taking in plenty of calcium but they aren't getting enough of their vitamin D. And so what science tells us is that if we're not taking enough vitamin D with our calcium, we're not going to absorb very much of it. So we don't want to get complicated here, but it's very difficult to say, well, if you're deficient in X, you're going to get Y. It doesn't necessarily work like that. There are some kind of big picture things. You know, you can look at plenty of research where if you're deficient in vitamin D, you're going to get you, – you, cancer is, is, is very high for something like that. Um, or if omega-3 is deficient, they're, you're, they're looking at heart disease or Alzheimer's disease. But we don't know which you might get. You, you may not get both. You might get one. It really has to do with what other micronutrients are deficient as well. Mm-hmm. There's some cool things like, you know, like Jason was saying about the calcium. Like if you're deficient in calcium, we all know osteoporosis. But what you might not know is that because you're deficient in calcium, you're also you're going to start craving, you know, salty foods. So that's the difference between, you know, a short-term deficiency where a little bit deficient in calcium and maybe you want some salty snacks because, that's what it leads to. They've done a lot of studies on this, and people might not realize the reason they're falling off their diets is more of a micronutrient deficiency than, you know, just the fact that they don't have any willpower. So it could be that. And the other thing is zinc. You know, zinc can cause, you know, has a lot to do with diabetes in the long term. But in the short term, if you don't have zinc, you might not be able to taste your food fully. That's another reason that you might fall off your diet. So... Like we said, it's not just one thing that's attached to each one of these micronutrient deficiencies. There's a whole lot of things that, as they work together, can either go well or go you know, poorly in your body. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know that sounds like opera for some people listening. They're like, oh, my gosh, me being hungry all the time isn't just a willpower thing. Maybe it's an actual deficiency, and it just appears as hunger that just doesn't go away. So how would they know what, what what's causing this? How can they look into this further? Well, I mean, the, the two that basically control that hunger mechanism, as Mira talked about, were are calcium and magnesium. Um, and there's a few others that kind of fall into play here as well in uh, – with uh, the sugar craving. So sugar craving can be calcium, potassium, and iron. Um, I'm sorry, that's salt cravings. And the sugar cravings are magnesium. So, you know, we often talk about, and in fact, I published a paper talking about could micronutrient deficiency be the missing link in uh, overweight obesity? Because so, I mean, obesity is a huge problem. We don't have to tell anybody that. And, and, And we've got, you know, from medical doctors to nutritionists to everybody in between kind of banging their head against the wall trying to figure out why in the world people are becoming overweight and obese at the rate that they are. And we've got all this education out there, right? We've got all this money going out, throwing out to, you know, in advertising to help people. We've got diet plan after diet plan, and yet nobody is been able to pinpoint why we cannot reverse the obesity rates. And we've theorized um, that it, it has a lot to do, a lot more than most people ever imagined to do with those micronutrient deficiencies. And, and I think that Mira brings up a great point. You know, one of the great things that I, we always talk about at our lectures and speeches, we always tell people, listen, here's, here's, here's something that you should know about diet. All diets work. Every single one of them works. I can show you mountains of research on low-carb diets, Mediterranean diets, low-fat diets, vegan diets, vegetarian diets, cabbage soup diets, you name it, diets. <laughs> they've, got, they've got research, and they've got somebody claiming, oh, my God, I did this diet and it worked, right? But that's not our problem in America. Our problem is maintaining the weight loss. We lose the weight, and then... We have this great willpower, right? And then all of our friends tell us, oh, my God, you look so great. What did you do? And we tell our story, and we feel so great. And we, we're, we're there, and we're eating, and we're trying to maintain. And, and we've got our great willpower. And then one day, here's what, here's what wreaks havoc on America. One day, the voice in our head becomes more powerful than our willpower. And we tell people, you know, you can't set yourself up for this, this, this inevitable failure because what you've done to yourself or what we've done to you is we've taught you that weight loss is about eat less, exercise more. And nothing could be further from the truth. If we were to ex- if we, eating less just means less micronutrients. And exercising more, we've all seen the Gatorade commercials, right? I mean, they're sweating out their purple and orange, you know, supposedly sweat or Gatorade, right? Those are the electrolytes. Those are, those are micronutrients too. So the more we exercise, the more we utilize those essential micronutrients. So this dieting process puts us in a severe state of micronutrient deficiency very often. And that deficiency, for a small amount of time, like Mira said, may just be you know, irritability or bad sleep. But over time, your body is going to start nagging you and it's going to start sending signals to your brain to get more of these essential micronutrients. What a lot of people don't realize is that the only place your body knows, your brain knows to where to get those micronutrients is food. That's because they've always been in food, except for today when we have fake food and processed food and micronutrient depleted food and purposefully stripped food. And so we keep eating and we keep eating and we keep eating. And one day we reach for that donut or that coffee cake or that pizza or that pasta and we can't stop. And it just spirals out of, out of control. And so we tell people, you know, we all have bad habits when it comes to eating. And habits can be changed. But if we become micronutrient sufficient, 
the great thing is that we can get rid of those of those signals that our body is sending us those those, those signals that that aren't just bad eating habits but they're, they're actual physical cravings that our body needs these essential micronutrients and when we do that people that we deal with and our clients find that it's so much easier to maintain that weight loss because they because habits they can change and the cravings are gone mm. Love it makes it so much easier, and I love how you you liken health to having like a bank account, you know, to really deposit as much as you can to increase that balance, so that you you have a, a, an abundance of health. It really it really makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, because you know there's plenty of um, times that people are going to be taking money out of that bank account or health out of that bank account. Every time you stress out about something, you start burning through you know your vitamin C and your B vitamins get used up faster. I mean, every time you exercise, you're losing those electrolytes. You know, you have a glass of wine, you know, it has tannins. That's going to further pull out your iron. Uh, there's a lot of things in your everyday life, and like I said, it's accumulation of all these little things that are going to be debits to that health bank account. So we mm-hmm. want to make sure that you're depositing it up in the first place. So that's mm-hmm. our, we have a three-step approach, basically, is what we put it to in the book. We make it really easy for people. The first is eat real foods, like we're talking about micronutrient-rich foods. The second is watch those lifestyle debits, you know, deplete, you know, decrease those habits whenever you can, the ones that are unhealthy habits. And the third is to take a supplement. If it's right for you, if you're not living a perfect life, if you don't think that you're reaching sufficiency, then just be smart, have an insurance policy, and take a, uh, you know, intelligently formulated supplement product that's going to help you reach that sufficient level. Love it. I got it. I want to turn, turn it to the Facebook questions here. I got a question from Evelyn oh. from Health Coach San Diego. And she said, oh, I have wow. a question for Mara and Jason. I haven't read the book, so I'm not sure if it's mentioned inside. What is the test they recommend to check for micronutrient deficiency? Do they rec- recommend SpectraCell? And how accurate is it based on one reading? What's your take well, on that? Well, you know, if you can do these hair follicle or blood tests for um, micronutrients. A lot of times they don't necessarily cover the full gamut of micronutrients, but they'll give you kind of a snapshot or a picture of, of where you are today. And that's going to be based on what you've eaten over the last day or so. Um, and those can be helpful. But, you know, to me, that's, that's very much a medical approach to trying to fix the problem. Um, it's okay to do that, and, and, and knowledge is always power in, in some way, but we, we prefer not to do it that way with our clients. We, you know, here's what we do. Assume deficiency and fill and just become sufficient. You know, why do I want to go necessarily and pay a couple hundred dollars to, to tell me that I'm deficient in vitamin D and calcium and magnesium? You know, because the answer isn't just to go then to the health food store and buy calcium and iron and magnesium. I don't want, that's not what we want you to do. We want you to become sufficient in everything, starting from food first, you know. And so, of course, food contains a, a variety, uh, an orchestra, really, of, of micronutrients. So instead of doing that, um, just assume deficiency and start by eating those rich foods. Look at your lifestyle habits. Really evaluate which ones are, are, are causing depletion. And then with, along with that supplement that we recommend at the end, that fills in the gaps of where whatever kind of diet you're following may leave off and then where sufficiency is going to be, to be met. Now, we do have on our website a not-so-scientific um, quiz that you can take. And, and this is more of an observational quiz where you could, it's 50 questions, absolutely free, and you can go on and we'll talk about your lifestyle habits and what you're eating and what you're doing, and it will give you 
a, a snapshot of in, in a range of where you may fall on that deficiency sufficiency scale, and that'll give you a good starting point. But you know, we've had our client. You know, I've had thousands and thousands of clients over the year, and they all love to bring in their their scans and show me exactly which ones they're deficient in. And at the end of the day, it, it, we always put them on the same protocol. And by the time we're done with food and lifestyle, and then that supplement, um, you become sufficient in everything anyway. So. Unless you're really interested in just wanting to find out what you're deficient in today, you, I think you're just better off working towards that end of micronutrient sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Let Evelyn know also. Hi, Evelyn, by the way. Let mm-hmm. Evelyn know also that um, the reason we don't like doing that is because then sometimes people say, well, I'm only deficient in this one and this one, and I'm only going to supplement those two. The right. problem is that vitamins don't really work that way. And if you start doing that and you start doing a lot more of one, there's things called micronutrient competitions that naturally occur between them. So if you start, say, taking a lot of D, you might, in fact, making it so that you're not taking in enough A because they compete for receptor sites. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're never really big on individual supplements unless you know that, you know, you have a hereditary problem or a genetic problem where you're not absorbing something properly. Um, really, we believe in broad spectrum and only not mega dosing for the same reason, just a broad spectrum, something that's going to cover the minimum amounts and get the rest from your food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I know there's so much that's just not focused when it comes to food. It's like just take the supplement and that'll cover all of it. And it's like it's just not the case. It's not how it works. You gotta you gotta do the whole thing. Can't, you gotta do the work. Corners. I mean, you know, I'm sorry, but you gotta do the work. It, it's mm-hmm. it stinks. It's just like you're not gonna get you know get fit just because you bought the piece of equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to actually get on whatever the you know the the trade the treadmill or you know go lift the weights or whatever it is. You can't just stare at them and make it work. And the same thing with a supplement. I mean, it's going to help, but it's not a substitute for a good diet. And we still wouldn't want you eating a whole bunch of nitrate filled you know processed stuff. We'd want you to eat real food and use that as you know just an insurance policy. Yeah, for sure. And in case someone from Spectrosol is listening, yeah, so Spectrosol they I know that they do test um, blood levels for nutrients in it. From what they've said on their website, it's from the last four to six months based on the white blood cell count. But, again, even if we see deficiencies there, it's not all about just replacing that one deficiency. It's like we got to – even with that, you can't cut corners, you know, got to do the whole thing. So, yeah, totally yeah. agree with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. If a person wants to go that route, that's okay. It gives you a starting point. But then, like, we just you know, we just really want to caution. Don't just think that that's all you need. You know, like, you start taking one of those, uh, one of your deficient micronutrients, that could be knocking another one off because of these micronutrient competitions. So, you, you know, it's a little bit more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But, again, knowledge is always power, and if that's where you'd like to start, it's a good place to start, you know, yeah. if, you, if you have the means to do that. But pick up naked calories and read about <laughs> the real deal with micronutrients. You can educate yourself. So um, any any last bit words you guys want to include before we, you know, say lovey? Well, we're going to miss you on the, have not having you around from the trip. You're so cheerful and, and you're so, singing so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're really excited. Hopefully you'll be out in that one with us next year as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just really want to just want to urge people. You know, I really want to urge people to to build that relationship with food again. Take some time and really educate yourself. You know, a lot of people have taken the time to educate themselves about those the, those carbs, fats, and proteins, and they've spent hours, if not months, you know, kind of planning out what kind of dietary profile they're going to follow. But but take just a few days just to read Naked Calories and learn about the other side of food, those micronutrients, and how important they can be. Um, 
And and keep your eye out for our, we have a new book coming out in August called Rich Food, Poor Food, which is going to take that concept that was introduced here in Naked Calories, and then we're going to take you into your grocery store and into your farmer's market, aisle by aisle, stall by stall, and really show you exactly how to pick out a micronutrient-rich food so then you can start to implement that rich food, poor food lifestyle into your own life. Ooh, I like that. Hopefully I'll get a copy of that, get you back on the show to talk about it. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Sounds good to us, too. Nice. All right, so where can people learn more about you and stay in the loop? They can come to ColtonNutrition.com. Of course, that's C-A-L-T-O-N Nutrition.com. We've got a lot of free quizzes on the site, so take a look around. We've got a discovery zone as well um, where they can actually go in and type in their zip code, and it will show them where there's local produce, grass-fed meats, you know, organic uh, fruits and vegetables in their local area. So there's tons of great information on there. Uh, we've got our, our blog, which they can read, and, uh, of course, all our great podcasts, and you'll be on there uh, coming up soon. And they can get Yay. Naked Calories at Amazon or Barnes Noble, any of the bookstores, or right online at our site. Yep. Very, very good. Well, I know it's close to your, your bedtime. Thank you for being accommodating <laughs> for this schedule. I know it's three hours ahead there. So um, have a fabulous night, a wonderful week, and um, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Thanks so much so for much having, having us, Lauren. Bye. For sure. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, guys, that's the show. Thanks so much for tuning in after a little bit of a hiatus. I'm excited to be back on the airwaves. And um, any questions, comments, definitely check out the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Noel, twitter.com slash Noel, and, of course, my website, drlaurennoel.com. I see patients at Bloom Natural Health in San Diego. It's a wonderful little oasis of healing. So if you're in the area, come by, and I'd love to meet you guys. Thanks for the show. Next week, we're definitely going to be having a good show with uh, Chris Masterjohn. He is the go-to man, all things cholesterol. Any cholesterol questions, send them my way, and we will get them answered. Have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. North Pole Hotline, Mrs. Claus here. My holiday shopping list is so big, I can't wait for Black Friday. Get to Old Navy's biggest sale of the year starting tomorrow. Old Navy? Beat the crowds for 50% off your entire purchase. 50% off? Plus, this Friday only, Old Navy's famous cozy socks are just a buck in stores. Old Navy's giving $1 for every pair sold up to a million dollars to boys and girls clubs. So I can do good, look good, and get 50% off your entire purchase at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 1121 to 1123. Exclusions apply. See store for details. Cozy socks valid 1123 in stores only. Limit 10. Get ready to rise and shine. Get ready to dive in, reach out, to grow. Get ready to launch and to lead. Get ready for your hire. Visit rmu.edu today to see the stats, stories, and rankings. Robert Morris University. Get ready.